This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to HRN Live at 5. We appreciate you joining us. If you're just joining us, please do share. You can use the share button below and share this out to your own page or uh, really any place you want to share it to, any horse group. That would be appreciated. And we're going to get started with our very special guest here in just a second. First, I'm Glenn the Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, The Daily Horses in the Morning Show. We are 10 years going. We are actually in the top five longest-running daily podcasts of any kind in the world with 2,500 episodes. If you uh, want a little lighter entertainment and want to learn something along the way, tune in to Horses in the Morning podcast on your favorite podcast player. As well as the Horse Radio Network has a whole bunch of shows. We have uh, 15 different shows and all disciplines and genres, and you can check them all out at horseradionetwork.com. Tonight, I have Craig Huffines on with us, Executive Vice President of the American Quarter Horse Association, I I believe the largest uh, horse association of any kind in the world, and he's going to share his thoughts on the rest of the year for the quarter horse shows and events and what's going to happen as far as the association and opening things up a little bit is concerned. But before we get started on today's Live at Five, I wanted to mention that if you can't watch this whole live stream now or you missed a little bit of it, you can catch it on our podcast player. Just go to the Horses in the Morning podcast feed and you'll find it there tomorrow morning. You can catch the whole thing on audio. And also this disclaimer that our lawyers make us do every single night. We are not medical or financial professionals, and we are not offering you advice in any way on what you should or should not do with the health of you or your horses or your finances are concerned. So let's get to our our guest now. We have uh, Craig on with us, and as I mentioned, he's Executive Vice President of the American Quarter Horse Association. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, Glenn. We appreciate you inviting us uh, to visit with you. Uh, I've been watching your podcast and I've enjoyed the, the different commentary. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting to talk to all the different horse show organizers and, and, and the USEF and, you know, uh, the USEA and all. And, you know, everybody's in the same boat. We all, for uh, the first time, are in kind of the same boat. English, Western, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> so, Well, there's well, there's no question. I, I have a young high school graduate. You know, and and we're having a virtual uh, stage walkover, you know, here in about two weeks. And then he goes off to college and is worried that uh, he's not going to get a football season, you know, next fall. So, uh, you know, we're all in it. We're all in the same boat. And uh, it's been quite a quite a challenge just trying to think about how to navigate, you know, what's in front of us. Well, and I wanted to mention if you are watching it, if you are watching live, you can comment in the chat. And actually, we both see the chat, so we'll see your comments coming in. Tell us where you're from. We would love to hear uh, where you're from. It looks like we have people coming in from Ohio and Minnesota, uh, New Jersey, uh, and a whole bunch of other places. If you have any questions, we'll try and get to whatever we can in the time allowed. Just post them in the comments, and I'll keep an eye out for those as well. But we have a lot to talk about tonight. As I said, the Quarter Horse Association is a big one. So there's a lot of moving parts over there. And you guys, this must be an incredible challenge. One, I looked at your list of shows. It's about 88 pages on a spreadsheet. I mean, you have a lot of shows you have to deal with. Well, it is, you know, we basically approve or franchise these shows uh, to to, uh, roughly 300 uh, show managers and secretaries around the country, and, and about a third of those are, are overseas. They're they're in Europe or Latin America, um, and it just creates this incredible weekend energy. 
and we capture all of the information from those events that go into our point system and our qualifying system that lead up to a world show. And it's just, it's just a phenomenal network of like-minded people who love the horrors. And it's a lot of fun to be a part of it. So we, we all saw the uh, guidance come out from the U.S. equestrian from USEF here saying they're basically going to start allowing horse shows in June, depending on location. There are a lot of dependings, right, because every state's That's different. Right. They're opening up at different times. But they prov- also provided guidance to the horse show organizers as far as you know, cleaning and distance and masks, you know, all that stuff. Are you guys looking right. at doing the same thing? What's the, what's the story there? We, we actually are. We've assembled a, a, kind of a SWAT team on this issue, both internally. And then we're also uh, aligning with our other uh, Western Horse Alliance partners, APHA, NRHA, NCHA, the Cow Horse folks, um, along with some big event centers, Oklahoma State Fairgrounds and the Will Rogers in Fort Worth. And we're, tr- we're trying to work as a collective group uh, to capture uh, information from local health authorities from Oklahoma City, Fort Worth, the CDC, and try to triangulate some some best practices here uh, for for if and when we get things off and rolling. And I think, you know, there may be one as early as the first day of June uh, with our big red bud uh, that's coming up here in Oklahoma uh, City. And and so, you you know, we really want to try to be consistent, but yet it's it's also a moving target. You know, so um, when you look at, you know, how do you handle a show office and entries and and obviously digitally is more appropriate than face-to-face and then what are we going to do installing and, and are we going to allow fans and how are we going to spread them out if it's an indoor arena versus an out, outdoor arena? There's just a lot of questions. And we're just we're really working to try to come up with some best practice that we can share with uh, show managers and, sh- and secretaries that might just have a, a small event on a Saturday afternoon. You know, it's been interesting, too. I, I thought about yeah. for, coming from the Western side tends to be. Uh, they bring their families more than than on the English side. They bring the whole family, all the kids, and everybody goes. Right. And uh, and with the USEF guidance, they're saying you got your rider, your groom, and one family mm-hmm. member at, to a show. Is that something that you would look at doing? Or well, I think it's going to be heavily dependent on the state and, and the local uh, situation. You know, when when uh, President Trump's task force came out what two weeks ago with a phase three um you know basically weighed in to opening up the economy there's still a lot of open questions on that phase three you know what beyond 50 people are we going to be able to do and i don't i don't know that that's been totally answered yet so you know to the degree that that we can create a safe environment a a healthy environment for families then perhaps that's going to be an option for somebody in a location that's remote but coming to a big city or somewhere else where, where you have a lot of traffic, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, of things we're going to have to learn on the fly. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's going to be interesting too, because you guys had to cancel your, uh, your convention, right? Um, we did. and I know that conventions and large trade shows are, I don't know that we're going to, who knows if we're going to see another one of those this year, because yeah, then you, you can't keep people six feet apart. I mean, it, it will be a challenge, you know, and then, and then going back to your vendors of a trade show, yeah. if you're going to limit access, is that, a, is that going to be a good business decision from their standpoint? So there's going to be give and take there that are going to be a tremendous challenge as we try to integrate into an economy. Um, and we're all, you know, the, the interesting thing though, is we're in a hot spot in Amarillo. I think I mentioned that to you earlier. Uh, one of the and let's just explain that Amarillo's not exactly in the middle oh. of, of Dallas-Fort Worth. 
we're in the fruited plain. Uh, we're, we're, we're on top of the cap rock of the Texas panhandle, which is, an, you know, it's very much an uh, agrarian uh, workforce, uh, a lot of cattle feeding, a um, hundred thousand population in the biggest city of Amarillo. So, so it's a small, nice, nice little community, but, you know, just 59 miles north of us um, in the last week, we just had an explosion of cases out of the processing facility there. Um, and they'd come into Amarillo and they filled the hospital beds that they've maxed out their ventilator capacity. And so we were literally isolated for most of this period of time since we've gone to shelter in place. And then it overnight has exploded. So that tells you the danger of going too fast and then congregating people again, because it is infectious. And so, uh, you know, we're back to caution. Uh, but if you if you go down the street here to Walmart or Home Depot the, on a Saturday, the parking packed, lots are right? full. Yeah. So they're packed. And so we have this dichotomy. We see it happening right here in front of us. And yet the risk tolerance for certain people is, is a big bell curve. And, uh, and, and we're going to be dealing with that at the show level. You talked about the World Show, and you know this is yeah. this is something that actually all the associations and groups are going through. Is what do we do about points? Because most most of those right. big shows for any association require points. And I know some of the breed associations have already said we're just not going to do one this year. Uh, we're going to skip it, or it's not going to count, or you know whatever. We're going to try and do a show. Right. But so, what are you guys doing as far as the points and the lead up to the World Show? Because you have one of the biggest, so. Well, yes, and I, you know, there's 2,500 uh, sanctioned, approved shows, uh, AQHA events a year. Uh, at, at this point in time today, we canceled 37% of those. And if we go through the month of May, it'll break over 40%, heading to half of our, of our show season. So a lot of those folks are not going to be able to get to an event that's way down the road to make those qualifying uh, efforts. So we just waived it. We just we just waived uh, this year's qualifying. Um, you know, what's going to be interesting, you know, if we are to, to have a, a world show uh, in, no, in November. And for those um, that don't know, it, that's in Oklahoma City, right? It is. It's yep. it's in Oklahoma City Fairgrounds. It's our, it's our largest event. It's uh, November 5th through the 21st. So it's a long three weeks in there. Um, those those entries could be enormous. Um, I'm excited about that on the one hand. That, uh, that we could have such an event may have to add a few days. But uh, uh, at this point in time, it, it just seemed fair. Uh, the most fair thing to do was just to open it for this year. And that just means anybody that, so who could come then? Well, your amateurs and your, and your professionals, you know, uh, we're, we're going to tack on our L1 uh, championship to that, which was canceled in April at, at all three locations, Vegas, Oklahoma City, and Wilmington. Uh, we canceled those. We're going to invite those folks who who wish who want to come and and make a run at a trophy uh, at the L1 level. Um, so it's it's just going to be a massive open show, uh, and it'll be interesting kind of see see how that works out. And that's a big facility. I mean, uh, that, it it is. Yeah, it's yeah. massive. It's a beautiful facility. Yeah, a lot of people that, yeah. that haven't seen it, especially if they're in the East Coast, they haven't seen that, and it's it's a it's yeah. a great place. And they uh, just uh, they just passed a bond. They're going to build a new arena in the next three years that should be just state of the art. So we're excited about that too. Have you done any polling or, or, you know, obviously people are concerned and, and what we have found, if we take a look at, let's say the carriage association where the group's a little older, you know, the, the polling's going to be different than a, a younger based association. And what I mean by polling is, are people going to be willing to come out? Are they going to be nervous? Right. You know, that kind of thing. 
Well, we've only officially polled a segment of our business, the ranch horse, uh, versatility ranch horse segment, because we had this upcoming championship. Um, and we sent, uh, we, we just completed that last week. 20% said, no, you know, we're not coming. Uh, 29% says we're coming. We're going to uh, please have the show. And then the other 51% says, uh, we're not sure. You know, we're just not sure. Uh, I suspect that if 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 you're in a, an older, uh, a more senior age bracket, 50 and up, or if you have responsibilities on a ranch right. and you can't afford to get sick because you have livestock to care for, um, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons for people to be conservative in that particular group. But you know, the trainers they are ready to roll. So any the all around shows they are they are looking for opportunities. Uh, I know that the uh, or my buddy Gary Carpenter at the NRHA, they are just starving for a raining event right now. Uh, the, the, the cowboy mounted shooters uh, who we support are starving to get out. That's a very social group of people. And I think it's, they just want to get out and see their friends. And, and you know, and then you have a, a conservative group that that's pretty cautious. And I believe we're going to see that kind of activity for a while. What does a show, I know this different. This varies by show, and it's probably not a fair question, but do you have a handle on, you know, when does a show start making money? What, what percentage? If they got yeah. 50%, 70% show up? Because that has to be something that every show is going to look at. If, if we don't get the turnout, can we afford to do the show? Yeah, and I think that probably depends on the size of the show and the overhead. You right. know, these smaller shows can get along pretty good on the weekend. Um, a big show like ours where you have five judges and you have stewards and you have a big, uh, you know, arena crew um, and you have all this technology, uh, you, you have to be tapping on on the max if, if you can. Or you have to rely on corporate sponsors or vendors to help support the balance of it. So, you know, it really depends. Um, the, you know, these independent show secretaries and managers, I think, are doing quite well. But, boy, if they see a 30 percent decline. I can assure you that's going to be uh, part of their could be become part of their decision, you know, as to, as to whether we can hold it or not. And I know you mentioned that you have a couple shows that are further out that are we're in uh, late June or early July that have canceled. And that's something that I've seen on social media is people questioning, why are they canceling it so far out? But that ties into what we just talked about, right? They have to analyze. Yeah. Are we? They may have to put down a lot of money now, first of all, for the facilities and, and everything else that goes along with it. Um, and they're just they have to make a business decision at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know the first the first phase is, is obviously public health and safety, and so when a governor opens up the economy and says, "Hey, we can we can wait in," then 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 immediately you're doing everything you can to try to to put the event on, but then the business case you know kicks in, and um, a lot of times I would think that that decisions will be made after the entry deadline, mm-hmm. um, and you know hopefully uh, you know they can hit this break even and 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 move things along here. But I think anybody who runs a business who's an independent contractor is going to look at the business case. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yep. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to. So you uh, also, I was take, <coughs> taking a look here, and because you canceled the convention, you guys still had things to do, right? And I hear that over well, we the did. next week or, or actually this month, you're, we're going to start getting some of the results of some of the things that have been happening, right? Well, that's right. And so the first thing we did is we, we dealt with the governance piece. And so 
that's a big a big part of of, of the convention is electing ex an executive committee. Um, and so because we couldn't elect an executive committee, we had one that his term was expiring. And so we had to appoint uh, Jim Hunt uh, was appointed. There were there were two candidates. We sent it back to our past presidents and they made a recommendation. And so Jim Hunt was appointed, not elected, but appointed to, to fill the, the year. Then we took every one of our of our uh, 15 committees and councils and had Zoom uh, conference calls. And we, we worked through those agendas. Uh, brought those agendas back with all of their recommendations to the executive committee, and we spent the last four weeks, you know, vetting all of that business uh, and, and, and really acting on the wishes of the membership. And, and those reports are going to be floating out next week uh, on AQHA.com. One of the biggest things, or one of the big things you guys do so well, I would say probably better than most of the other associations, is the youth programs. And I know the 2020 yeah. Bank of America Youth Excellence Seminar is, is one of the big ones. And that's yeah. being moved uh, to a virtual platform at this point, right? Well, it sure is. And, you know, that's a uh, that's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, and these these young people come into Amarillo, and, and we have such a great time uh, that last week in, in June. And... Um, you know, with the situation Amarillo's in, there was just there was just no way. You know, the mamas and papas were not going to let their kids go cross country, and so we just we went to work on a solution. And um, so we have you know youth director elections and officer elections, and so these kiddos are going to get an opportunity to to uh, to to give two speeches, um, and they'll they'll send those in to be judged, and then we've established. A, a methodology for state delegates to vote for directors and uh, for officers. And so we're going to have, we're going to have a virtual convention and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so what you're going to be watching thing. I know you guys especially have been watching things very closely. If, you know, if there is this second wave, everybody's talking about, you're just going to, yeah. you're going to have, well, I guess let me ask this question first. I know the USEF also is putting waivers out that if you go to a show, you basically sign a waiver. If you get sick, you're, it's your problem, not ours. Yeah. Will you right. ha be forced to do something like that too for the sanction I, shows? I think that, I, I do believe there's there's going to be um, there's going to have to be waivers. You know, if, if we're going to go out into the public with a virus like this in the environment, there's risk. Yeah. There is inherent risk us walking down the street and going to the grocery yeah. store. Well, riding a horse. R riding a horse. We <laughs> understand risk. Right. We, we do we do understand risk and and you know that's going to have to be addressed um certainly as as it is uh, the risk of riding a horse. I know I did see some shows that basically their insurance company and this these were more local to medium-sized shows. Right. Their insurance company basically said, eh, "We're not we're bowing out this year." So they had to cancel the show because the insurance company bowed out. Uh, and yeah. that's going to be another thing that show organizers have to deal with. It's going to be no fun being a show organizer here this year. Well, yeah, I think they're in the boat of everyone else. It's it's going to be a challenge to get this thing walking forward. Um, but you know what? We're going to do it. Yeah, horse um, people are horse people, right? You know, there was a roping, uh, in, I believe it was in Ardmore, Oklahoma, this past weekend, that was almost for 48 hours straight. Oh, wow. And so, so we had this big team roping. It was a USTRC qualifier to go to the World Series in December, and these people are hungry and uh, literally came out. And of course, a lot of these folks were from rural parts of the world, and you know it was a rural type arena, 
Um, and so um, I'm, I'm sure that they took care of themselves. But, you know, people are going to get out um, if they want to bad enough. So uh, you guys are still, uh, by the way, if anybody has any questions, now's the time to ask them. If you have any questions that we haven't talked about or answered at this point, you can go to the website uh, and find all the information about what shows are still going, what have been canceled, what are pending at this point, what are what are approved or filed as, as far as changes are concerned. That's all on the spreadsheet that you'll find on the website. Uh, you can find a QHA website. So... Um, are, are, is the AQHA offices open at this point, or is everybody still working at home? We're still working at home. Um, we were very fortunate. We went through just a, a tremendous challenge with technology transformation a year ago. Really, uh, it, we made it hard on our members with this new computer um, and internet phone system, uh, a brand new call center. And because of that and working all the bugs out, we sent the whole team home. Um, and, and really, we're, we're quite effective from home. Our, our workflow um, is, is, has been tremendous. And we actually report statistics on a daily basis on how many phone calls we're getting in on a weekly basis, over 7,000 a week. You know, the number of transactions, about 4,100 were pushed through a week ago. So, so it's worked quite well with the technology platforms that we have today. All right. You want to take some quick questions? Uh, one general one Kelly has up here is how are the trainers doing? As he said, they're, they're waiting to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. It, Kelly, I, I, I guess I'm most worried about trainers. You know, I mean, they they have overhead and they have trucks and trailers they have to pay for and, and they have to go up and down the road to make that happen. And, and so it, it's going to be interesting. The quicker we can get them to work, the better. Um, and again, a lot of that, is obviously out of our hands. It's going to be at the local and, and state level uh, through CDC recommendations. But um, you know, I know that uh, that they need the work. They need to get going. And they have never been home this long in one stretch no. of time in their lives, ever. No, that's right. Them and the that's rodeo right. guys have never been home this long. They're stir crazy and ready to go. Uh, Janine says, "Congress, please from Canada." <laughs> I think everybody's right there with you, Janine. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Scott Meyer is the CEO of uh, of the Corridors Congress, and he serves uh, on our executive committee. And I know he's really anxious and hopeful that uh, that they're going to have a Congress this year as well. Yeah, that's usually when. That's just ahead of our world. Show yeah, huh. in uh, late October. You know, it's a month long in there. October, early November. Yep. Um. Leah wants to know, with the announcements that Redbud is going forward, does that mean the AQHYA and Open World shows are pretty secure since they're in Oklahoma City? Well, she may be ahead of me on the news. I, I've not heard that the Redbud is ready, unless I misspoke earlier. I know that they're looking at it, okay. and they're waiting on the mayor of Oklahoma City, uh, along with the governor of Oklahoma, to make a determination if the Redbud's going to be a green light or not. I'm unaware that it is. So um, until it is, uh, then then the other two uh, we're getting ready for and we're cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and Kelly does say here, you know, the other thing, too, we can't forget about is the freelance grooms and braiders and clippers and all those people who are basically without work now, too. You know, it's not just the trainers. It's all the support people yeah. and the arena workers and just all of that. Oh, yeah, and the restaurants. I mean, yeah. you know, of course, restaurants have been getting it from all angles, but think about what we bring to Oklahoma City. I mean, on a week, every weekend, there's a horse event in Oklahoma City. 
Um, and the it, restaurants you know, are going to change. That's going to change too. It will dramatically change. It has. And, um, you know, interesting enough, we're, we're involved, of course, in quarter horse racing as yeah. well. And uh, there's been a number of tracks open up on the backside and they're running without fans. And so, uh, you know, we just received good news last week that Riadosa Downs is going to open up for May 22nd and actually hold their Riadosa Down trials. Uh, no fans, but it will be videoed and, and simulcast and, and uh, the betting will, will resume, you know, online. So, so those are some good things that are happening. Seeing a rodeo without fans is something I can't even imagine. You know, it's just <laughs> no, no question. And, and I don't know if you saw or not, Glenn, but uh, two weekends ago, Lazy E in Guthrie, Oklahoma, hosted a, a Pro Bull Rider event. They did, and and that was remarkable. They they brought everybody in. They quarantined them for ten days, no fans, and they videoed that for television. Uh, that was a. It was, I watched a little bit of it. It was just, it was kind of surreal. It, it was, <laughs> it, it was, you know, there's something about, you know, I'm waiting for that first baseball game, you know, with no yeah. fans. It's, it's, you talk about surreal. Uh, that will be surreal. Maybe we'll do it like they're doing uh, in Asia where they sell cardboard cutouts. So you can buy a cardboard cutout of yourself and they actually are That's sitting right. them in the seats. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Will that work for the AQHA? Make oh, a few yeah, bucks? we can make that work. We can make that work. <laughs> you we be print them out work. over there at the office. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, absolutely. I appreciate you coming on tonight. You know, this is this will change next week. Um, whatever we just talked about will probably be different next week. But we'll, you know, we'll keep in touch. And you guys are doing a great job of keeping in touch with uh, the membership. And it's, you know, we're just going to have to see what happens. It's nobody knows. Uh, well, I think I think it's just, um, you know, it's it, it's really it's really kind of humbling to, to know where we are today. You know, you and I spoke earlier and a year ago, a little over a year ago, we had an equine herpes virus outbreak in, in Nevada that caused us to, to close down an event for about three horses. Okay. It, it went neurological. And of course we were protecting horses and people coming in. This is a much different situation, you know, and I think we all recognize that. And, and, you know, sometimes we, we want to get out there very quickly because, it hasn't hit, hit us personally, but I know it's hitting people at a very personal level. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners that. have lost people. Yeah. And it's that is uh, that's just unconscionable uh, to think that somebody has lost a loved one of this. And, you know, so that's that's the thing that's always in the back of our mind is how do we protect our equine uh, industry uh, membership and, and the people who devote their lives to serving it? And, and I think that's an important thing to, to, to hit your wagon to. Well, it'll be interesting to see the guidance that comes out uh, from you guys over the next several of weeks. And uh, we'll look for that and we'll report on that as it does. And hopefully we can have you back and let's have you back when it's a little more fun. Uh, Well, let's let's do that. I look forward to it, Glenn. (laughs) Maybe Oklahoma City. My co-host for Horses in the Morning lives in Norman. Fantastic. I have no excuse not to come out to that now. Come on out, join us. Let's do a live broadcast from the World Show. We have a tremendous uh, horse sale uh, coming in this year. It's going to be brand new, uh, and we'd love to have you. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely consider that, and let's hope that that's all possible come uh, come the fall. 
Uh, thanks a bunch, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. So you can find all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And you can find the Horses in the Morning show that I co-host at Horses in the Morning on the podcast feed. If you missed part of this, just go check out Horses in the Morning podcast feed, and we'll have it out there for you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning's Horses in the Morning is the driving episode. So we talk all about... That's what I do, by the way. I'm not a rider. I'm a driver. Um, and which is so funny, because I consider riding dangerous, but most of the of my co-hosts who ride will not get in a carriage, because they consider that <laughs> death-defying. So... <laughs> there is a divide with us carriage drivers and riders for sure but that'll be the driving episode tomorrow morning on horses in the morning thank you very much and we'll talk to you all tomorrow